0: It's so important that the Chief Justice uh, are looking for solutions. And uh, we, we discussed that, and de- it was decided that I would write to the, uh, to the Prime Minister and to alert him of the serious consequences of these uh, lack of appointments in due time that could be resolved easily, and, uh, and with consequences that we know. And that's why I, I wrote to, uh, to the Prime Minister to alert about this condition and uh, i'm i'm pretty sure that he takes this situation seriously because he called me back
1: yeah you know why he called him back because the supreme uh the the chief justice of the top court does not make a habit of calling the prime minister that's why and so he uh he picked up the phone and called back and um and Chief Justice Richard Wagner made no secret he's frustrated. He's frustrated that we have over 80 vacancies across this country on the bench. And he's frustrated because it caused massive, massive delays with cases and a growing number of those cases are being thrown out. We have 80 appointments that have yet to be made. And. In the world of hiring judges, what happens is they give six months notice, which is what you need, so that they can find an applicant that's as qualified. It takes a while. you got to vet them, you got to hire them, whatever. Six months is more than enough time to find a qualified judge, and we've got thousands of them here that would be probably more than happy to uh, try to get the job. But we've had openings for over 18 months, which is unacceptable. It's criminal, actually. And so when I saw the uh, National Post, uh, which did an investigative piece over the last eight months with the Journalism Foundation, um, they revealed, you know, it's, a lot of it comes down to donations. And since 2016, they find that of the 1,308 appointments, a whopping 76% of appointees were liberal donors, which raises concerns that since this government came to power... That they politicize the appointment process, which undermines in the bigger picture the confidence of impartiality, which is crucial to a court system like ours. I want to bring in Nicholas Pope, he's a human rights lawyer over at Hamid Law, uh, and he joins us now. Good to have you.
0: Thanks for having me, Alex.
1: This, um, I'm glad to see finally getting attention. I've been talking about this for quite a while because while the number doesn't seem like much, it's an enormous amount of, uh, you know, judges that we need here in Ontario. It's 22 um, openings on the bench, which means 22 courtrooms don't work and we need every courtroom possible uh, working. But, you know, what, what do you make of this, um, you know, this chapter with the National Post where they kind of reveal the possibility that donations make uh, make a, an impact?
0: Yeah, I have to say, I wasn't surprised when I saw the headline. Uh, The idea that partisan interests might be influencing government Mm -hmm. decisions or judicial appointments is not a surprise in my line of work. I I spend every day suing the government uh, to overturn (laughs) government decisions that are unreasonable or violate the charter. And often they're made out of this need for political expediency or for appearances rather than being based on the evidence before them, the actual situation, and what's the best move for a government to do uh, to, to support the people. So <laughs> this is, frankly, this headline was not uh, surprising yeah. in the least. Now, however, and- what did surprise me uh, was when I looked at the data in here. Um, and so just, just to note, to start out, what I note is that Uh, The article says that uh, one-fifth of the appointees had donated to some political party in the past 10 years. They say 18.3%. And so 81.7% actually didn't donate to any political party. Uh, And then the number that you referred to before, about 76% of the appointees donating to the liberals, is actually 76% of that 18.3%. So okay. well, it's only, it's only of, of those who did donate. So just to clarify the, the numbers here. Um, but, but still, the, the, the main thing I saw actually was with this 76% to the Liberals, 23% to the Conservatives, 18% to the NDP. And uh, the immediate question I had then was, well, what are the donation habits of those applying for positions? Uh, and, and there was no, no number there. Uh, and so the next best thing, of course, that could be hard to get, would be, well, how do lawyers who are called to the bar for 10 years generally donate? And that that could that's, wouldn't be hard to figure out. Uh, that's publicly available information about who's called to the bar, when they're called to the bar. And then, right,
1: but, and but you have to search for that. it. So it talks to the lack of transparency. I mean, it's not illegal for a judge to make a donation, but let's be transparent about it at least and make it easy so that uh, people don't think there's something to hide. And you know the the bottom line is, um, you know, it, it, I don't know why David Lametti got dumped out of um, his cabinet position. I can think of a number of reasons why he should have been. But for me, I look at this court issue where we've got no judges being appointed, and um, it, this to me is simply a fireable offense. If you can't get a judge into position within six months, let alone eighteen months, then you're just simply not doing your job.
0: I mean, I, I completely agree. I, and the numbers have gone up. I just looked at the report yeah, from August 1st. Sure. Now 86 judges for uh, oh, uh, okay. vacancies. So when, when we first looked to start this lawsuit, there were 79 vacancies. Uh, by the time we got our evidence in, there were 81. And then by today, there's now 86. So this problem isn't getting any better. And the government has demonstrated that they can appoint judges in as little as three days uh, mm-hmm. With as little as three days' vacancy mm-hmm. appointing them, they did that just earlier this year with some judges in alberta and it 's frankly a crisis we had We had a trial that was set down for a whole week back in the fall on the Friday before the trial was supposed to start on the Monday. We get told it 's not happening because there 's not enough judges and this yeah. This particular person was a victim of sexual harassment yeah. and a very traumatic situation and uh, yeah, I, it's really unacceptable um, today in the court case, actually, that we brought against the government to compel them to appoint more judges. The government, while well, they were supposed to have uh, provided their justification, their their affidavit, uh, that, that's their written testimonials to
1: mm-hmm.
0: why, why is this not happening? And we got nothing. So I'm not exactly sure what the government is going to do here. There's no evidence. Well, look, it's
1: not the first time. You might get it at 4.30 after the uh, day day ends. But again, um, I think the issue is... That There's a real cost to this. It's a human cost. Not only are really bad people getting their cases thrown out, but to your point on on the victims and what it puts the families through. I mean, to see your case get thrown out after two, three years of delays, um, you know, because judges are burning out or because a judge had to get called in that wasn't even working on the case and decide all of a sudden, well, which one are you going to throw out? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's happening. I mean, There's a real cost to this. And frankly, um, I, you know, I, I don't want them rushing through and just putting anybody in. But you got to keep the independence and transparency of our system. And it's just not happening. And it's not the first time because this government was really harsh on the, on the Harper government with their criticisms of doing this. And so why are you doing it again, even worse?
0: Absolutely. And I think uh, the process for appointing judges needs to be very <coughs> thorough. So that can take time. But... You have to put the resources into it. You have to make these judicial yeah. appointment committees. If you don't even create a judicial appointment committee, you don't get people on it, then of course nothing's going to happen. So um, time can be spent to appoint judges, but let's spend that time actually evaluating judges, not sitting around with nothing happening. And I would like to say on the point of transparency, um, and in the National Post article, there are some recommendations, some I believe scholars put forward, and transparency is, is always better. So, if uh, these committees are putting forward lists of highly recommended candidates, then why not tell us how many of those highly recommended candidates were approved versus how many the government rejected? Things no. like that. Um, the, the, the transparency is very important, um, and same with all these numbers. Really, we we need more information here to know what's going on. I wouldn't jump to hasty conclusions that they're appointing, political appointees vote, I would say, is more transparency is needed.
1: Yeah, yeah, transparency is the best disinfectant. Well, I'm out of time. I'll keep talking about this, Nicholas, because it is crucial we get this solved. Uh, but I do appreciate your time on it. Thank you. My pleasure. Nicholas Pope joining us here, putting uh, numbers and facts to this crisis. So we'll talk about this.